Hey there, video game fans. I'm Ben Bertoli. And I'm Push Dustin. And he's Push Dustin. Oh, you said that already. Oh, sorry. oh. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, we were doing, I thought we were doing it differently. Oh. No, this is a <laughs> memory card bonus episode. But but bonus That is once again coming to our patrons half a year early. Months and months and months. Whoa. They're hearing this in the cold depths of winter, um, or I guess the end of, you know, very, very cold fall, uh, to lift their spirits. It will help keep them warm. And if you're hearing this on a normal podcasting service, well, you're probably hearing it in the spring. It's almost summer. What? Uh, you're, you're very lucky that one, you get to hear it at all. And yeah, you get the nice weather. It's so hot. Um, and I want to start off this bonus episode. Um, well, first of all, I should say, you know, thank you to all the backers. The, the only reason that we have the uh, ability to do bonus episodes is because of you. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show for, you know, six coming on seven seasons. We love you. We love you so much. So uh, my first question for you, Push, is yeah. what was the first music CD that you ever got as a, as a child? So, yeah, you asked me this uh, in, in my DMs. You like, kind of slid into my DMs and asked this question um, or, you know, asked me to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I didn't really want to share with you because <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. You know, uh, it's not something I'm very proud of um, looking back on it. Uh, my first CD was um, now that's what I call music three i think three or three or four or something like that you know three um wasn't even the first one it it was like you know (laughs) uh one of those cds and i had it um i got it from i think um like circuit city nice because uh you know circuit city still existed yes does it still exist for those of you who don't know no it doesn't uh i think it came back as like a website uh, at some point in the last few years but it's for for anyone who doesn't know what circuit city is it's kind of like best buy but a little worse yeah it's basically like best best <laughs> yeah. buy but more expensive and worse um and then and then like best buy came and like absolutely destroyed it oh yeah i mean decent selection i i shopped for games i think i bought like the the first season of the simpsons there on dvd but yeah hey man the now series is not anything to be embarrassed about uh i had like gosh now i think now one through six or seven mm-hmm yeah, I mean the original now had Mbop by uh by Hanson. Yeah, yeah. Classic yeah. is a banger. Still to this day. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, you know, like whenever I tell people, especially like people who are really into music, that oh yeah, my first CD was now that that's why I call it music, they're like, Poor shame, man. Like you didn't even like you didn't start off with Nirvana. You didn't start off with you know I mean, it's not like you were, you know, nineteen or something. Yeah, yeah. You were literally a child. Uh my my first uh C D that I ever owned. Yeah was uh, one that my dad got me that had the that parental guidance in the corner oh which yeah i guess he just ignored and it was uh sugar ray mm-hmm. which if you have no idea who sugar ray is um look them up they got a couple of hits a very classic uh 90s band yeah um, but the first cd that uh my older brother ever got was the soundtrack to a goofy movie oh which is really good like i'm not i, I say that with no irony it's it is actually got some exceptional songs that i still listen to today I watched that movie like just last year uh, again, and it it really holds up. It does. There's some like legitimately emotionally charged moments in that movie. Yeah, but we are we're getting way off track already. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to talk to you about CDs because uh, CDs uh, play a huge part in the game that I want to talk about in this bonus episode. And that game is what game is it? It's called Vib Ribbon. Have you heard of that Ooh. one? 
I, I have heard a little bit about this. Okay. So we did the Parappa, the rapper episode. That was the last episode of season six. Yeah. And um, and that episode was actually inspired by someone who suggested we do an episode on Vib Ribbon. And I thought, uh, eh, you know, I don't think there's enough juicy bits information here for a full episode. Um, and I, I might have been wrong because after doing the research on this bonus episode, I'm like, uh oh, there's uh, there's quite a bit here. But um, as you know from the Parappa episode, uh, Parappa was made by uh, Matsuya Matsura. Uh, I believe uh, Masaya. I can't pronounce his first name. Oh, Ma Masaya. So it was made by Masaya Matsura. I'm just going to call him Matsura from here on out. Mm -hmm. And had the art of Rodney Greenblatt. But once Parappa took off in Japan, it was like a you know it was a huge deal. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go listen to it. There's a lot of good information. Um, but after that happened, this uh, studio that Matsura had going that was called uh, Nana Ansha um, was kind of like the hot studio at the time and Sony was approached by Mercedes-Benz yeah they wanted them to make a tie-in promotional game for a new car model that they had coming out so like Mercedes has always I just been on the lookout for games because like they had the tie-in with like Mario Kart right right yeah yeah they're so just like they have like a division <laughs> that's just like <laughs> How do we get our cars into games? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I, I imagine they just have one division that just does that. That's their entire job is to look into what's big with the nerds. Yeah. In the late 90s, they had this new model coming out that was called the A-Class car. And um, they were like, hey, you should make a rhythm game that has to do with our car. <laughs> and so they were like, yeah, sure, we can do that. So they made this game where you are, um, it's it it pretty much just like a prototype where you're like a living car mm -hmm. and you're driving down the road to like the beat of a song. Um, you had headlights for eyes. And um, I'd like to just go on record right now and say that Disney stole the idea for Cars. For The Cars franchise. Yeah, from Nana Anshaw's prototype, I assume. Do they have any morals? They don't. Well, see, what happened was they were like, okay, if we take the eyes off of the headlights and put them on the windshield, yeah. they can't sue us for copyright infringement, so... So you heard it here first, but uh, but yeah, but this uh game was it was kind of clunky. It wasn't uh, it didn't have the best graphics. You know, it was on the original PlayStation, so mm -hmm. it was very uh polygon based. Um, but it did. They came up with this wild concept for it, and that was the use of an external soundtrack. And I don't mean like you know you're playing your boombox next to the PlayStation. Yep. I mean you could actually take the game out and put a CD in, and use the songs that were on that cd yeah which is like ideal because then you don't have to worry about like copyright right exactly and it's very similar to the monster rancher games that we've talked about uh also on a past episode yeah but the monster rancher games were like put the cd in oh you get a new monster take the cd out you know put the original disc back in this was not that like the game was just gonna run on its own once you booted it up with like whatever cd you had which was a crazy idea um, and basically what they did was they made this system that would look eight seconds ahead of what the player was actually listening to. And it would generate different obstacles and different like, you know, gameplay mm -hmm. based on the frequency changes and the beats that were going on. So that's wild. I feel like that would even be wild today to let you do. I mean, I would be like, wait, there's still CDs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, the game, um, it just... Like, even though it let other people, you know, bring in their music, it was kind of like monotonous and it just didn't quite work out. Yeah. And there was also a problem with the car model 
Push, you obviously live in Japan. Mm-hmm. How are Japanese cars different from normal cars in the United States? There's different types of cars here in Japan. Like there's mm-hmm. like the K K card, which is like a um more box like car. It's like smaller. Yeah. It's like the classifications is K, so it's like um it has like a certain size engine. It's lighter and stuff like that. So that there's like tax benefits and everything. Like right, that. and so they're kind of like they're they're like narrow but they're tall and they're light yeah right yeah yeah that was the problem with the a class it uh it was so light and it was so tall that when it got hit by big gusts of winds it would literally fall over oh no (laughs) so they were like listen the video game is kind of boring the car is falling off the road maybe this isn't gonna work out the the actual car in real life right yeah, yeah, okay, the actual right. car in real life. I mean, if the car fell off the road in the video game, it would be I guess be they that could just fix deal. that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to change some code. But so they had to rehaul the design of the uh, A class and the, they decided that the promotion wasn't going to move forward, but um the team that worked on it convinced Matsura that there was like still a good game somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And so the road that you drove on just became this single line, almost like a tight rope that you were uh, walking on. And the car became this wireframe looking uh, rabbit who was named Vibri. Mm-hmm. And um, if you look at a picture of Vibri, which you totally should, because uh, she looks wild. Um, she has these huge eyes and those actually come from the headlights of the A-Class design. Ah. <laughs> so I never knew. I never knew why she had these like enormous eyes. And that's why, because originally they were headlights. So once they kind of uh, figured out what they wanted this game to be, uh, they decided that it was going to be like obstacles. Because, you know, it's like a two-dimensional line that you're walking on. And then as these obstacles, as you approach these obstacles, you have to press specific buttons to get over them. So you had to press uh, L1, R1, X, or down mm-hmm. um, to get over certain obstacles. There was a block, a loop, a wave, and a pit. And if you hit it right before you went over um, to the beat of whatever you know uh, song was being played, then you would perfectly you know jump over it or or do a little like loop de loop, and you would get right past it. Mm-hmm. And then for the harder levels, they like put two together. They're like, oh, it's a block and it's a you know wave at the same time. So you have to press two buttons. And I mean, honestly. That's pretty much the entire gameplay. It's oh, okay. a rhythm game. You're walking along and you got to like go over a block. Now go go through a wave. Now go through a loop and another loop. So it's very simple. But with the ability to put in your own soundtrack, mm-hmm. it you know had like endless uh, replay value. Theoretically. Yeah. yeah. Endless replayability. Right. So you're a rabbit to begin with. And uh, as you go over obstacles, like you start like, you know, picking up the pace a little bit. Um, and Vibri can actually turn into Super Vibri, where she has um, like a crown and like a little cape and stuff, which is what you want. However, if you do poorly, she'll start like devolving into lesser animals. Oh. So I want you to guess there's two forms below rabbit. When you do bad as a rabbit, what do you think you turn into, Push? Are they based on the Chinese zodiac? Not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. Like it's not one of those 12 animals then? No. I don't think so. I don't know the Chinese zodiac as well as I should, but I'm almost certain that neither of the two you turn into. Okay. So think, think. Uh, you know, rabbits do lots of hopping, so think smaller but still hopping. Still hopping. Uh, grasshopper. No, but that would be <laughs> that's a good guess. <laughs> think slightly bigger and probably going to eat a grasshopper, but hopping, hopping. But hopping. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, actually. When I say it, you're going to be like, "Oh, right, a frog." 
Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So if you are a rabbit and you're doing poorly, you turn into a frog. And then if you do poorly still, you turn into a worm. Okay. Which are very bad at hopping, as you may know. Yeah, neither of those animals are in the Chinese zodiac, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the year of the worm. That'd be the worst one. I was trying to think, like, it, maybe it's like Chinese zodiac or maybe like Japanese mythology because rabbits are very connected. Right. To, so, like, the moon uh, and stuff. The moon and everything like that. But I was just like, yeah. There's not really any other animals with the rabbits in the moon. Like, what, what could it be? No, I think yeah. they were just going for, like, you know, what, what sm smaller, yeah, smaller and smaller. Yeah. <laughs> you are now a worm. You'll never, you'll never be the, the queen of music world. <laughs> the cool thing about this is that because there was you know so many options for you to use your own cds they really didn't have a huge soundtrack on the game which means you know there wasn't didn't have to take up a bunch of space and that's why you could kind of do the swap out mm -hmm. um, so really there's only six songs on the game that are divided up into bronze silver and gold courses um, two two songs each and uh, the soundtrack was made um, with matsura and this band that was called laugh and peace Mm -hmm. And this is what the music in the game actually sounded like. that is what the vib ribbon soundtrack uh, was like at least for those you know six songs that were on there that's pretty cool that's a it's a banging beat oh yeah man it's great i don't think i could study to it but um <laughs> I, I could uh party to it yeah i was gonna say you'd be too energized you'd have to go out and like run a mile or something yeah exactly i, I feel <laughs> motivated to get my life in order perfect then the the game is working as intended <laughs> And yeah, he, he didn't run to associate the game with any like one specific type of music because if you could put your own CD in, then it doesn't make sense. Yeah, he doesn't want it to be like, oh, you're rocking out. And then you put in a rap CD and it like wouldn't work. So that's why the, the game's visuals are also like super simple. Yeah, um, I didn't mention this earlier, but it like everything's just black and white. Like okay. uh, the line that you're walking on is white and the background is black and, and Vibri herself is is white, you know, wireframe. So very, very simple. So the funny thing is, when I was researching for Parappa, I was learning about this game and Um Jammer Lammy, which was the Parappa spinoff. And I was like, you know what? I got a PlayStation Vita. I'm just going to go download these games. You know, they're like five, six bucks. Why not? And so I downloaded VibRibbon onto my PlayStation Vita mm -hmm. and I'm playing it. I'm like, oh, this is pretty fun. And then I'm like, oh, there's only six songs. You know, how do I get more songs? Not realizing you had to have a CD. And the Vita is completely, you know, like it doesn't have a CD drive in the slightest. So um kinda kinda screwed myself over there a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I have no I've yet to uh, actually experience Vib Ribbon um <laughs> in the way that I would have hoped. Yeah, the way that was meant to be played. Right, yeah. So it came out in Japan uh on December 9th, nineteen ninety nine. Mm -hmm. And then it came out in Europe almost a year later in September of 2000. But the original game was never released for the PlayStation North America. 
just kind of interesting. Mm. It was later released for the PlayStation Network, obviously, or I wouldn't have been able to buy it on the Vita. But the story behind that is actually like kind of interesting and hilarious in itself. At E3 2014, Sean Layden, who was the new CEO of uh, Sony Computer Entertainment America, uh, got up to do this big presentation at E3 and he like went over all these sales numbers and then um, these giant images of Vibribbon uh, gameplay started like flashing on all the screens. Um, and he was like, uh, this is a direct quote. Vibribbon was unafraid to go against the tide. It was courageous in its ambition. And that's why it's a tremendous pleasure and a unique thrill for me to introduce to the stage the world premiere of gameplay footage for Mortal Kombat X. <laughs> and so, Wait, that's like that's like a direct quote. Yeah, that's what he said. Oh, my um, God. And, you know, as soon as Vibribbon came up, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, like Vibribbon's finally, you know, they're bringing it back a sequel that's going to be in North America. Like, why would why else would he mention it? Internet got super mad at him in that moment. And he had no idea. He had no idea that Vibribbon had never been released in North America. Um, he was under the impression that, like, it was available uh, through the, you know, PlayStation Classics uh, line that was on the PlayStation 3 at the time. Yep. And um, he was so, like, not embarrassed, but that he was like, I'm going to make this right. I'm going to get Vibribbon to be, you know, uh, put on the North American PlayStation mm-hmm. 3 because I, you know, was hyping it up and a lot of people haven't been able to play it. Yeah. So the big problem with that was that, you know, there was obviously an English version of it that still existed, the one that was released in Europe, but it was in the PAL yep. television format, but like a different rate. And the Japanese version was mm-hmm. in the correct American format, but it but was in Japanese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like this weird thing. So they got Matsura and Nana Ansha to like sign off on it. And um, obviously they, you know, kind of merged the two into one. And it was uh, finally released in 2014 and and the uh, ceo laden he wrote this apology about like oh sorry for the confusion like i hope you guys are happy Aww. <laughs> and uh they actually figured out how to get the uh, ps3 to read cds so people could actually use it um in its you know original form Aww, so that's great a very very happy ending there and, and it's great that you know he uh you know made kind of a mistake by bringing it up and getting people hyped and then he followed through and said yeah here it is mm-hmm. you can play it so that's, that's so weird why he would bring it up with Mortal Kombat. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I mean, like he was just trying connection. to be like, yeah, Sony's so ambitious. Look at this awesome game. Like, we took a chance on it. Now we're going to give you the 10th game in this series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. There's a thousand games he could have said after that that would have worked, but yeah. Yeah. And I knew uh, Vibribbon um, just, you know, in passing because it's like a cult hit, but I had no idea that there was actually two official sequels to it. That came out for the PlayStation 2 in 2003 and in 2004. Mm-hmm. So each of them had their own kind of like little spin on like how you get music into the game. The first one was Mojib Ribbon, which came out in 2003. And this was like a rap game that was all about calligraphy. And it kind of had that like Okami look to it. It's called Su- Sumi-e mm-hmm. style. Is that right? sumi Sumie, Sumie style, like the the ink ink brush. Yeah. What you would do is people could send you messages through the internet and they would turn the game would turn them into mm-hmm. uh rap rap lyrics and you would have to write them out. You're like a rabbit, a different rabbit who's like walking along this uh in the clouds and he's like writing. You would have to use your make your brush go up and make it go down so you could write things to the beat. Yeah. And then we have Vib Ripple, 
which was the 2004 game um, that was more similar oh. to Vib Ribbon. It was more of a direct sequel. Um, but this time, instead of using text messages and music of your own, would you want to guess what you were using, Push? Uh, let me think. What's another big thing that you send online? Emojis? No, I don't think emojis were quite as uh, popular in 2004. Pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah, photographs. So um, digital, obviously. Yeah. So it, the game came with a bunch of uh, pictures and you could uh, get, you know, pull your own pictures and put them in there. And in this one, uh, Vibri is back and mm -hmm. uh, she's jumping on trampolines, like square trampolines that are made of your pictures. Okay. Like to the beat of some song. Uh, I mean, rhythm was involved, but it wasn't like the big thing. It was just like you had to jump around the picture and find these invisible little creatures and then collect them. There's okay. also other creatures that are bad that are called boonchies. Mm -hmm. That is about it. And I guess you could uh, use your cell phone or your digital camera to uh, to pull in pictures, and they were automatically like sized down. Oh, okay, that's pretty interesting. And in 2012, Vibribbon was acquired by the Museum of Modern Art, and it became a part of the uh, collection of video games there, which is pretty cool. Uh, I really want to check out that exhibit someday. Yeah, I do too. I think it'd be like awesome. I'm just super interested to see. I'm sure there's a list somewhere of all the games that are involved, but yeah, I think it'd be like way cooler to actually go experience it in person. Mm -hmm. But that is the story of Vibribbon. Um, I did want to give a, a shout out to Retro Gamer Magazine because they had this awesome like interview with Matsura about the game and how it came to be and all these you know like little tidbits that I uh, mm -hmm. was able to add to this bonus episode. So. That's it. That's Fib Ribbon. Uh, check it out if you have a, a PlayStation and you're in Japan or Europe, or uh, if you have a PlayStation 3, I think I think you can still download it. Yeah, the store should still be open as of recording. And if it's not, well, then you'll just have to hunt down some footage online and, and give it a give it a watch. Find some CDs in your grandparents' attic, you know. That's right. They're not just good for uh, unleashing uh, monsters in Monster Rancher anymore. <laughs> and uh, thanks again to all our patrons. We'll be back with some more bonus episodes a little bit later in the year. Uh, thank you again for all your support. 